two weeks ago we did the ice fishing episode and on at the end of that episode I said this week was going to be a snowshoeing episode with Martha again. However, things have slightly changed because Martha is out of town on a little family emergency. So instead I'm here with a special guest star today. So let's just say who you are and how you wound up here. <laughs> My name is Abby Tofty, and I own the Big Lake, an art gallery and gift shop in Grand Marais. I, how did I get here? I grew up in Silver Bay. I've uh, been a lifelong North Shore resident, went away for a little bit, came back and realized I was crazy to leave and have been here since 2010 and loving it ever since. All right, and, and you might recognize the Big Lake because you've sponsored the past couple of episodes. Absolutely. So there's been an ad. So definitely check out Abby and the Big Lake. Um, there's another reason I actually invited you to be on this episode today, and it's because, okay, I'm from Silver Bay too. We should put that out there. Although we didn't really know each other when we were mm -hmm. kids. You're a year or two behind me, I think, in school. So. Um, we didn't we know each other. We both love Rocky Taconite. Yes, we both love <laughs> Rocky Taconite. So that is part of the reason, well, the main reason I invited you today because the topic of today's episode is statues of the North Shore. <laughs> so this is Exploring the North Shore with Abby and Jay. episode a little bit differently than how I've done history episodes in the past with Joe. Usually like we each take a topic and we discuss it, but in this case I took all the topics and instead you're here, Abby, more to react to the things I'm talking about because <laughs> I'm hoping that despite the fact that you grew up here, you might be learning a few things. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, the part of the reason this uh, topic came to my head was actually I was on the North Shore Tribe Facebook page, which if you're listening to this and you're a fan of the North Shore and you're not in that group, you probably should be. It is a good way to get your North Shore fix. But Lee Radzak, who mm -hmm. is the former lighthouse keeper at Split Rock Lighthouse. For the record, I could never say that without like <laughs> pausing between each word. And it's hilarious. But anyway, um, he posted a picture of this giant statue right by the aerial lift bridge in Duluth. And I was like, wait a second, there's never been a statue there. I know, the look on your yeah. face, you're like, there's never been a statue there. <laughs> so it got me looking into it, and there's this really cool story about this giant, I mean, huge statue. But it also then got me thinking about other North Shore statues. So this whole episode is going to be on the history of two statues you can still see today. And of course, the one I just referenced, the King of Neptune in Duluth, that is gone now. Interesting. So it's not there. You're not going crazy. Yeah. You're not like, <laughs> wait a second. In fact, I'm going to pull up really quick on my phone here and I'll put these pictures. Whoops. I just dropped my phone. I'll put these pictures in the um, article. So if you're listening to this, you can like follow it along, but I want you to look at some of these pictures. What? He's That's massive. nuts. Where is he? Okay, so here's the story behind it. Okay, so there's another one you have to see really quick. Scroll the next way. That guy. Whoa. Okay, so again, these pictures will all be posted. All the things Abby's currently reacting to will be posted on the article that we're, will accompany this podcast. So definitely check that out to see this because mm -hmm. this guy is big. 
So here's the story behind the King of Neptune, the now gone statue in Canal Park. In 1959, something pretty big happened in Duluth. The modern seaway opened up, which allowed Duluth to be designated a foreign trade zone. This attracted mm -hmm. like international freighters into the Twin Ports and made Minnesota the actual furthest inland international port in the country. I mean, this was a huge, huge, huge deal, so much so that uh, Minnesota celebrated it at the state fair by building this giant King of Neptune what? statue. So according to uh, zenithcity.com, which by the way is another website you should check out if you're a huge Duluth fan, the state celebrated this monumental accomplishment by constructing a large gold-colored statue of Neptune, the Roman god of the sea. He was displayed at the 1959 State Fair, and then at the end of the State Fair, on October 29th, 1959, the Neptune statue made his way to Duluth, where he was mounted atop a concrete pedestal in Duluth's Canal Park near the North Pier. So if you're on the South Pier, which is the Park Point side, and you're looking towards Duluth, there's just this huge guy standing there. Mm -hmm. And he is big. He is massive and impressive. He, uh, as mentioned before, he was painted gold, and he stood 26 feet high. And he was perched on top of a six-foot tall concrete pedestal. <laughs> so, like, that's taller than my house. That's He's insane. He's huge. He's bigger than... Any other statue that was on the North Shore at the time. I don't can't remember the size of the Paul Bunyan statue, but I think he's pretty close to that size. Like from Brainerd? Yeah, yeah. the Brainerd Paul Bunyan statue. In his right hand, he holds a trident, and in his left arm, he cradles a replica, replica of the freighter Roman de Lorinaga. Sorry if I butchered that. <laughs> Um, that was the first ocean-going vessel of the modern era to pass through the Duluth Ship Canal and under the cool. aerial lift bridge. That's a fun fact. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's kind of cool. I mean, you can see right there in the picture, mm -hmm. he's kind of cradling this ship in his arm. And what's really cool, too, is like if you look at some of these pictures, what's there's really people cool. standing at the base. <laughs> what's really cool is the definition on those muscles. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, this guy is, uh, he is definitely a god because yes. he's very well built. Mm -hmm. um, he is not wearing a shirt. Nope. He's like, sure is not. <laughs> he's a full bearded man. Um, he's wearing like a like skirt type garment with one leg sticking out. Kind of this like... A little sassy. Marilyn Monroe sort yeah. of sexy look at my leg here. Yeah. I got this gorgeous thigh muscle that yeah. I'm going to well, show you. Well, he worked you. hard for it. So. Yeah, he did. So <laughs> he was just a very popular attraction. In fact, Mayor E. Clifford Mork declared the King of Neptune to be a tremendous tourist attraction. Well, yeah. Right? I would go. I'd be <laughs> I like, want to go. Where is he? take a picture. Oh, I'm getting to that. <laughs> <laughs> Very good question. First of all, he was awesome. People loved him. But he was a pain in the butt. Why? For maintenance workers. According to ZenithCity.com again, um, the King of Neptune was made out of fiberglass and a weatherproof plastic component. Mm. And soon the statue was pockmarked with scars from rocks tusks tossed up by Lake Superior waves, and, and this is my favorite part, misbehaving children. <laughs> so kids are throwing rocks at him, and it turns oh, out fiberglass is not that durable. Mm. Um, workers were constantly patching and repainting the statue, costing the city about $300 a year, which um, in 2008, that was the equivalent of like $2,000. Oh, so, okay. So, you know, not a cheap statue, no. especially if you're looking at year after year after year. Mm -hmm. um, but luckily for the city, 
<laughs> Unluckily for the rest of us, on June 4th, 1963, at 5.45 a.m., the king of Neptune became no longer a problem for the city. What happened? So because of his maintenance issues, he was set to be removed from his base and brought in to have major repairs done. And I can only imagine they were probably planning to put some sort of a cast or something on uh -huh. him to make him a little more durable. But they're going to full-on remove him from his pedestal. And of course, as you can see in the pictures here, he's on a concrete pedestal. There's mm -hmm. like a, or a metal base or metal bar going into the base. Okay. So they decided to remove him from the metal base using blow torches because that's, you know, sounds you, epic. you could cut or you could <laughs> burn it off and burning it off sounds more fun. But it turns out little unbeknownst to the uh, maintenance workers, the waterproof material that he was quote, made from was paper mache. Oh, inside no. the form was <laughs> Basically, paper mache sparks from the torch and the internal support pipes set the paper mache ablaze, and the entire statue burned what? in a matter of minutes. No, leaving behind just a pile of ash. Can you imagine? Did like, someone take a picture of that? I there I couldn't find one, but man, I could just imagine that poor worker. And it's super early in the morning. I mean, it's five forty-five a.m. They probably had gone there before, like the tourists came. Oh no! I'm like, Let's get this guy off, and we we can do it without anybody mm -hmm. seeing anything. No big deal. He'll go away for a little bit and then come back. And that is not at all what happened. Oh he burned. I can just, can you imagine like being that guy? Just stand there and watching this giant, like 26 foot statue just in flames in no. front of you and everybody just kind of like mouth agape standing there. <laughs> oh no. So that was the end of the King of Neptune statue in Duluth. He was replaced with the tugboat Bayfield and that okay. now sits where he stood. So yeah. if you know where the tugboat mm -hmm. is, that's where he used to be. Oh my. So it was only, he was only there for four years. He was only there for four years. Like this huge, what? big celebration, this big accomplishment, becoming an international port, put Minnesota on the map internationally, put Duluth on the map, hmm. big thing, and gone in minutes. Just Ugh. gone. Like, not there anymore. There has been some... I found a reference to a renewed interest to I was just gonna say. rebuilding him, perhaps, in Very cool. maybe actually making him a metal statue mm -hmm. to, you know, because as we know, um, Canal Park and Brighton Beach areas have been kind of beat up this year mm -hmm. and the Lake Walk area by storm. So it has to be something super, super durable. I mean, I don't, I think mm -hmm. even if he hadn't burned in 1963, yeah. either he would have been replaced with a replica statue that was a little more durable by now, or he'd be gone for other means because, mm -hmm. you know, fiberglass is just not going to stand up when you're that close That's... to the lake. But yeah. So there's, there's been some interest in rebuilding him, but I su like suggest everybody just go online and yes. search King of Neptune Duluth statue. Take a look at this guy. I mean, he's crazy big and crazy awesome. So I wish he was still there. Me too. That's awesome. I know. <laughs> what is he stepping on? Oh, yes. So I was looking at that and it, does it look like a turtle, turtle to you? That's what I was thinking yeah. too. Yeah. No references was made to the King of Neptune stepping on a turtle. But if you, yeah, from yeah. that angle, it looks like a really sad, <laughs> really sad turtle. Like this guy weighs a lot. Why like, is he stepping hey, on me? <laughs> why are you on Michelle, dude? Yeah. But I can't figure out why there's a turtle on the statue. Like mm -hmm. there, it doesn't, maybe it's supposed to like be an indicator of the ocean. Maybe it's a sea turtle. But I don't know. Why is he stepping on him? Yeah. And that's really the only angle that you see that like that photo kind of shows you 
that turtle. The rest, you can kind of see him, mm-hmm. but he almost looks more like part of his outfit. But in that one, you see the face of the yeah. turtle. Interesting. So if you happen to know, if mm. you remember seeing the King of Neptune statue between 1959 and 1963 in the Duluth Canal Park area, let us know. Exploring the North Shore is sponsored by The Big Lake. The Big Lake is an approachable art gallery and gift shop located in the beautiful harbor town of Grand Marais, Minnesota, as well as online at thebiglakelife.com. The Big Lake provides a beautifully curated and fun shopping experience to complement your North Shore adventures with artists and products that reflect the culture, values, allure, and lifestyle of the North Shore. Shop online at www.thebiglakelife.com and use promo code EXPLORE for 15% off your first online order. Okay, so now, flip my thing here, we are moving up the shore to our hometown of Silver Bay. Um, before I go on, I do want to say I was researching this. With, I, I started with the King of Neptune mm-hmm. and I had not, I didn't know much about him. So it was really fun researching him. Rocky, I felt like I knew a fair amount about, but in researching him, I learned more. And then I forgot a certain element to the story. Oh, and it wasn't until I was researching some articles that I'm like, oh, I have a very close connection to what we're about to talk about. And you probably are, maybe you know, maybe you don't. We'll get there and you'll be like, okay, I know exactly where you're going with this. Daddy? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's really interesting because at some point my dad pops up in this story and and it's like (laughs) half of the articles relate to him. And you'll find, so we'll get to that. Yes. And interestingly, I also popped up in one of the stories. So it was really weird because it wasn't something I thought in my head. I'm like, oh, I'm going to find out the history and how he was built and why he's there. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think about the more modern history of him. So Hmm. anyway, sitting on the corner of Outer Drive and Adams Boulevard, just two blocks up from Highway 61 streetlights in Silver Bay, sits a cartoonish looking statue consisting of two black spheres, one for his head, one for his body, Red gloved arms and red booted legs. Rocky Taconite is his name, and he is a unique monument to the Taconite industry that builds the town. So, Silver Bay, a mining shipping town for Taconite. Referred to as a strange little rock man by Ruth Kepke, <laughs> a member of the Bay Area Historical Society, Rocky has been delighting visitors with his adorable self since the 1960s. According to the Lake County News Chronicle, in 1961, then 26-year-old Neil Forsberg was working for his uncle's ornamental iron company in South Minneapolis when a bid request came in from Reserve Mining Company to build a statue for the young company town. The company won the bid for, guess how much it cost? I, I, I do not know. Like, <laughs> ballpark. 1961... Know. Reserve Mining. They had some money back then. Right? I don't know. Uh, $2,500. What? Right? That's nuts. So Rocky Taconite was built for $500 and Forsberg was put in charge of figuring out how to construct this bulbous statue. Yeah. And all Reserve Money did was they sent along a drawing created by John Simrack and the request that the statue be made out of iron. As, you know, Taconite, iron, go hand in hand. So Forsberg and his crew actually used hollowed out tree stumps as the frame and then formed separate iron pieces together by beating them with hammers while still hot to form the sphere. So did you know, 
inside of rocky taconite is hollowed out wood. Oh, did not know. So if you if you <laughs> peel back his iron, which don't do that. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> you'll find wood in there, which I didn't know. I so didn't let's know. not remove rocky with blowtorches either, because <laughs> wood is also flammable. Let us learn from our... <laughs> let's... So at least he's not paper mache. He's a little mm. more sturdy, but... You know, and um, Forsberg was never told how large the statue should be or given any other dimensions. What? So he just kind of eyeballed it. So when he was looking at the picture, he's like, okay, the legs, which are made out of iron pipes, kind of looked at the picture and said, okay, this looks good. And in the end, Rocky stood. Actually, can you guess how tall he is? You've seen him a lot. Yeah, right. Oh, I feel like maybe he's. Is he 10 feet tall? Very close. He's 12 feet tall. Okay. So from the bottom of his foot to the top of his little tin hat right there, he stands 12 feet tall. So Forsberg actually used his own hands to trace out the statue's hands. So he kind of oh, cool. put his hand on a piece of iron, I guess, and like traced bigger around it. Uh-huh. Um, so if you look at those hands, those are actually the hands of the, the maker. actual maker. That's so cool. And it looks like he... Yeah, those look like normal hands. Yeah, I was going to say, they're very lifelike. They're very manlike. So one hand, his left hand is open in a wave that was meant to be waving at visitors as they drove past. Mm -hmm. The other hand holds a pickaxe. And an interesting story about that is it's a Swedish pick, which a lot of Silver Bay people who came there are of Swedish or Norwegian descent. But that specific pick, the pick head, is actually Forsberg's own grandfather's pick that what? he brought with him all the way from Sweden. I didn't Seriously? know it either. Yeah. Like the, the is handle so is cool. just a pipe, pipe but the, the actual pick at the top has some kind of cool, I mean, personal awesome. historic for this particular person. But Well, and that's kind of cool too because he's like his hand is holding the, his yep. grandfather's pick for all of time now. That's pretty cool grandfather's pickaxe pretty cool like little piece of history that i had no idea about mm -hmm. i kind of doubt anybody who wasn't at the presentation talking about how this was built really knows about that mm -hmm. so kind of cool um the statue was then given his red boots a red belt with a buckle his facial features gauntlets and a helmet at that point two years after forsberg received the sketch from reserve mining this statue depicting a character made of taconite pellets was completed and shipped to Silver Bay. Uh, there's a funny kind of story that he includes with this, mm -hmm. and that is he at the time had a two-year-old son, okay. which another kind of cool thing, because he started it two years earlier, probably when his son was just, just being born. Mm -hmm. And then uh, two years later, it was done, and he had it sitting in an alleyway in Minneapolis. No way. I guess beneath like a light that was like flickering. Well, he was sitting in this alleyway, and he brings his son out. And his son like looks down the alleyway and sees this statue under yeah. this flickering light. And like I guess he just screamed. Oh my word. It was like holding onto his dad's leg and he refused to go any closer. So that was the first time anybody not working on the statue actually saw him. Oh, funny. <laughs> well, my goodness, to see like such an like strange looking statue under flickering lights. Of, no, thank you. You know, this, this wooded corner in Silver Bay. Yeah. Kind of funny and, you know, mm -hmm. kind of cartoonish. Yes. But it, <laughs> in South Minneapolis in an alleyway, Ooh. not the same experience. Yeah, but probably really good house protection. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> but he was shipped up to Silver Bay. And once at home in reserve mining, a competition was held to name the statue. The other name he could have been was Petey Pellet. So Petey Pallet and Rocky Taconite were the two finalists. Of course, we all know now that Rocky Taconite won out 
out and on or around July 15th, 1964, he was put atop his perch originally in Silver Bay's downtown area. Yes. Although I don't know exactly where. It was right in um, in front of the post office. That's Remember? I, because okay. you, your parents could go into Zups and then you'd get to play on Rocky. It was when we were little too. Really? Yes. Because I remember playing on Rocky. I don't remember that. When we were really little. Oh my God. Okay. And then so, it moved. But it was right in the middle there um, in front of the post office in that grassy area. In the Penny Starkovich Park now. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's where he was in front of the post office. You can. There's still a park there. You can go there. Yeah, and then he was moved to the corner of Outer Drive and Adams. So if you're coming into Silver Bay, well, you don't come into Silver Bay. You purposefully have to turn into Silver Bay. <laughs> exactly. But if you're driving down Highway 61 and you suddenly hit these random stoplights that don't appear to go anywhere, turn left because they actually do go somewhere. They go to Silver Bay. And Rocky is right there on the right-hand side, mm-hmm. just a couple of blocks up. And if you have small children, you will never be able to go up the North Shore without saying no. hi to Rocky. Yeah. Because it's like... Every kid's highlight. <laughs> well, what's interesting, so um, in 2014, Rocky turned 50 years old. And while the statue himself is sitting on Outer Drive in Silver Bay, and that's popular, people stop mm-hmm. all the time. You see people taking pictures there constantly, mm-hmm. especially in the summer months. But his popularity in recent years is due to another version of Rocky that has become well-known around the world. And this is the part of the story where I was like, oh, Okay, I know this part quite well, actually. So, and this is actually from an article in the Lake County News Chronicle. But in 2014, Rocky turned 50 years old, and one local Silver Bay resident came up with an idea to commemorate Rocky's birthday. Andy Buell purchased a small bobblehead. <laughs> yep, that's my dad, everybody. He's um, had this small bobblehead. Actually, I think he was gifted the bobblehead by somebody. And it was just sitting in our house for years. And he was going on a trip to Israel and Jordan. And he'd been reading an article about how it was Rocky's 50th birthday. So we thought, how fun would it be to take Rocky on vacation to Israel and Jordan for his birthday? So there, Rocky was posed in front of Petra, the Dead Sea, and overlooking the Sea of Galilee, as well as other places. And Andy, a.k.a. my dad, posted the photos of Rocky in the Facebook group, The North Shore Tribe, which I mentioned earlier in the episode is definitely a group you should check out. There, he included some interesting facts about each place Rocky visited. Andy says he wanted to keep Rocky's journey, quote, fun and a little educational. (laughs) Since then, Rocky has become my dad's constant travel companion. He's joined him on trips to New York City, New Orleans, and Branson, Missouri. And then this was at the very bottom of one of the articles I read. It says he even joined Andy's wife and daughter on a trip to Hawaii. So I actually did pack Rocky one time. (laughs) Uh, My dad did not come with us on this trip, but we went to go see some family in Hawaii. And I brought Rocky with. Oh, that's hilarious. And made the paper. I made the paper. I was not named by name. It just mentioned that he went to Hawaii. So That's awesome. Um, Since then, the Bay Area Historical Society has seen a large increase in requests to purchase Rocky bobbleheads. But as it just so happens in 2014, when this all kind of boomed into popularity and people were like, can I get one of those? There was actually an issue in that they had sold all of their Rocky bobbleheads or maybe they had a couple on hand, but they weren't really popular. So they didn't submit like a remake order. Mm And during that time, the cast that was used to make Rocky was actually destroyed. Why? I think it either just, it was made, I think the company that originally made him went out of business or something. I don't know if it was destroyed or if the company was like out of business and they just couldn't get it back. 
Interesting. But there was a big thing for a couple years where you couldn't get a Rocky bobblehead doll because there was a shortage of them and they couldn't remake more. But luckily, um, a new cast was made and the Rocky bobbleheads are now back in production and there are quite a few that travel around now. I've seen... It's, it's expanded past my dad and more people do it. You can actually get your own Rocky bobblehead at the Silver Bay Visitor Center, which is open from like Memorial Day weekend until sometime in October. And you can reach them at 218-226-4534 for their hours again within those kind of memorial, the summer months, the, mm-hmm. the peak season. But yeah, that's the story that's of... Nuts. Rocky Taconite, who is still there, he is still, he stands 12 feet tall. He's also on a, I believe it's a seven foot concrete kind of block. Or is actually, is that Taconite that he's standing on? Yep, he's standing on a block of Taconite. And you can go see him. And I remember when we were little, little kids, maybe not as little as when he was at Zup by Outside Zups, but um, he had actual Taconite pellets on the ground around him. I remember when I was a kid going there and picking some of them up, which is probably why there aren't any left. (laughs) I think there's grass now. Gosh. Down by his uh Well, I just wanna throw it out there if people want t shirts of Rocky. Yes. I know where they can find them. I was gonna actually wear my Rocky t shirt today, but it was in the wash. There we go. <laughs> but yes, the Big Lake has a really awesome Rocky Taconite series. Who designed those actually? Because they're really cool. Yeah. So uh girlfriends and I wanted to have Rocky shirts and there aren't any available anywhere. So I had them designed by Duluth Screen Printing and I just made a few for my friends. And then I was like, well, I'm going to try and sell them at the Big Lake too. And my husband, who's from Graham Ray, was like, why would you sell Rocky Taconite <laughs> shirts? And it's our best selling shirt in the entire store because people have such fond amazing memories of Rocky and like once you see him you can't unsee him and you love him then it's pretty fun I feel like I'm doing work for the Silver Bay (laughs) Visitor Center because people are telling me stories of like whenever they buy them I'm like how do you know Rocky and they say oh when my parents when we come up here we'd always stop at Zups to get our groceries and we'd play on Rocky while they were shopping and it's really fun I mean people really love him yep and I mean, he's got his own little fan following. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of, during the course of this, I came up with the idea to, on our, our new website, Exploring the North Shore website, creating a Rocky Taconite fan club. You too? Yeah, you totally should. As well as a fan club for the third and final statue we're talking about today, which we'll, we'll get to in a second. So that will be showing up on the website if you want to join the Rocky Taconite fan club. As of right now, there's no perks to it other than saying, <laughs> but maybe someday I'll come up with like... Uh, we could create cards and car- Oh yeah, like little cards. membership cards. Yeah, we can. So we're gonna we're gonna brainstorm kind of this idea. The big and like would love out. to collaborate on that. So. Yeah. Well, oh. So yeah, Rocky is the thing I think that put Silver Bay really on the map. Mm-hmm. I think it was the thing that made people turn in. Now they have the adventure park there, so there's yeah. a a thing to do while you're there. But before, I mean, for a while it was really just him, and mm-hmm. he stands there. Not so tall, but taller than a person, I guess. (laughs) He's the shortest statue on our history tour today. But oh, speaking of this, I was going to say about the shirts is yeah, when when you came out with those, my dad was like, you need to buy this for everybody in our family. So I put in a pre-order 
And actually, our Christmas photo, I think, last year is mm -hmm. my family, my entire family, like my brother and his kids and his wife and my kids and my mm -hmm. husband and my parents in front of a fireplace wearing our Rocky I was going to say, shirts. you should definitely put that in like the yeah. show notes. That will be in there as well. So <laughs> you can see our Rocky Taconite Christmas photo as well as um, a link. I, I'm, oh, it's totally. on your website, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. So there'll be a link on the website so you can purchase your own Rocky Taconite t-shirt. You should start carrying the bobbleheads. I really should. Yeah. I'm gonna we're we're expanding into pint glasses and pins this summer. Nice. So Okay, so But bobbleheads, yes. As of now though, the only place you can get it is the Silver Bay mm -hmm. uh, visitor center, which is only open in the summer months. But they are very kind. They are. <laughs> and you can call Ruth directly and say, Hey Ruth, I would like a bobblehead and they'll be like, Okay, we can yes, ship we it to you or come on down. <laughs> it's you know, it's a great thing about small towns mm -hmm. is everything's kinda Flexible. Yes. I guess. And people are willing to get you Rocky bobbleheads. Yes. Even Open the shop even yes. if it's not. Exactly. <laughs> this podcast episode is sponsored by Cascade Vacation Rentals. They know that life has a tendency to be overwhelming at times. And busy schedules often leave people feeling overwhelmed and disconnected. That's why they're here to offer you the space and opportunity to reconnect to what's important. Cascade Vacation Rentals has one of the largest selections of privately owned vacation rental homes and cabins on Minnesota's North Shore of Lake Superior, from Duluth to the Canadian border. Their team is there to help you and your family or small group enjoy a vacation you'll remember for years to come. Visit them online at www.cascadevacationrentals.com. And don't forget to use promo code PODCAST for the largest percent off discount available at any given time. Again, that's www.cascadevacationrentals.com. All right, so this moves us to our third and final and probably the most famous statue, I think, now at this point on the North Shore. And I've, I'm referring to uh, Pierre. <gasps> the band's best voice. <laughs> <laughs> that's correct. Oh, that's so good. Pierre, the pantsless voyager of Two Harbors. Uh, whether that's his official name, I it's don't know. the name in which he is <laughs> most known by these days. Oh so, my gosh. Placed in front of the Voyager Motel in Two Harbors in 1960 as a roadside attraction meant to bring in visitors, Pierre represents the campy, idealistic advertising methods used in the 50s and 60s to get people into otherwise basic motels. Uh, this idea was kind of started, well, it, it was it was all over the U.S., but when I think about that, I think about South Dakota, yeah. kind of the Badlands area, mm -hmm. where you'll be driving past like a Motel 6, and there's this giant statue of... <laughs> something or other out front and i remember being kid being like i want to stay there mm -hmm. like it's, it's a, just a statue there's mm -hmm. no other perks to this motel other yes. than it has a giant statue in front of it and that's exactly what pierre was although he did have a little more going on than just being a statue he was actually brought to two harbors by the owner of the voyager motel stanley nelson and he was Actually, the centerpiece of Nelson's Voyager Museum, which is located next door to the motel. And that look on your face is, I don't remember a museum. museum. <laughs> well, just like the uh, Neptune statue in Duluth, you wouldn't remember that because it didn't exist when we were growing up. Mm. But Pierre stands 20 feet tall and he is made out of fiberglass and mesh, what? although not paper mache from my understanding. <laughs> but yeah, he's another fiberglass statue. But I think the reason he's actually been able to survive so long is because he's not right up against Lake Superior. So he doesn't mm -hmm. have the horrible elements, 
Although, as we will learn, he did go through a rough patch at certain points. But in his heyday, which was in the 50s, 60s, or I'm sorry, the 60s and 70s, Pierre had eyes that could move and glowed red. Really? His head could move from side to side, and he could even speak. So, kind of like the Paul Bunyan guy, then. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, of course, he was controlled by a motel employee who <laughs> was sitting inside a little booth, and they were delighting, like, pre-video game era children from all over <laughs> with tales of Voyager history. When did that stop? Well, that I couldn't find for sure, but I am pretty sure it was sometime in the 80s. Okay. Um, so there was also a birch bark canoe in front of him mm-hmm. and an information sign next to him. He had a red canoe paddle, a full black beard. He wore a hat and a tunic style coat, calf high leather boots mm-hmm. and no pants. <laughs> uh, so supposedly the no pants part, like... The things I read online, I'm like, okay, why is he not wearing mm-hmm. pants? For a while, I actually thought he was maybe supposed to be wearing kind of flesh-colored pants. Mm-hmm. But he was apparently designed to just not be wearing pants. Like, it wasn't included in the design. Supposedly, it represents what Voyagers wore. However, I have looked up several historic images of Voyagers, and mm. they're all wearing pants. Mm. Maybe he was a voyeuristic Voyager. I don't know, but... <laughs> I, I don't think the no pants thing is historically accurate. Anybody feel free to correct me that like, oh no, Voyagers, they didn't wear pants. I'm pretty sure they wore pants. I think they did. You know, Minnesota is no stranger to Voyager statues. There's actually one in uh, Rainier, Barnum, Cloquet, Pine City, and Crane Lake, and they're all wearing pants. Mm-hmm. The Crane Lake one is kind of um, questionable. He is also wearing calf-high boots, but he does appear to be wearing tight skin tight pants but he is wearing pants of some sort it does appear under his boots so pierre is the only pantsless voyager gracing the roadways of minnesota (laughs) well he looks good i mean yeah i mean he's he's kind of got that boxy build like Mm -hmm. that we've referenced the Mm -hmm. paul bunyan statue a few times kind of has that feel to him After the 1970s, the museum closed and Pierre became neglected. And this is kind of the Pierre I remember from my childhood. His head no longer rotated to greet guests. His eyes became dark slits that no longer looked side to side. And his voice was silenced. The canoe and information sign disappeared and Pierre's beard grayed over time with the weather. To be expected. Yeah. At some point, he lost his paddle. And it was just never replaced. Because where do you find a 15-foot-high paddle? I do not know. You know? They did at some point. But Pierre basically became a sad representation of an iron ore shipping town that had seen better days. In 2008, the back half of the Voyager Motel, which once held the museum, was destroyed. And Pierre the Pants' Voyager was almost destroyed with it. What happened? Well... Thanks, Facebook. Uh, <laughs> someone had the mindset to create a Pierre the Pants' Voyager of Two Harbors Facebook page and basically gave Pierre his voice back. And this seemingly overlooking and forgotten statue mm. had this brand new life and thousands of fans on Facebook. He was on Facebook. Pierre was witty and clever. He would comment on things happening. <laughs> you found an upshot. I did. <laughs> Abby's looking at pictures right now, and uh, yeah, somebody somebody decided to do that. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. 
That was really funny. And I would expect to see when I looked over there. <laughs> um, but he would comment on things like the weather, local elections, and just kind of what was happening around him, like greeting visitors to Heritage Days, which is the big celebration in Two mm-hmm. Harbors every year. And thanks to Facebook and some very persistent fans who refused to let the iconic statue be destroyed before an O'Reilly auto parts store was built where he stood, Pierre found himself moving to a new home. So in 2011, Pierre, the pants voyager of Two Harbors, made one last voyage, this time to the Earthwood Inn, which is located at the intersections of kind of where the scenic drive ends and Highway 61, mm-hmm. just outside Two Harbors. If you haven't been here since 2011 and you're trying to picture that, it's past the car dealership and he just kind of stands right there on highway 61 greeting people he proudly faces highway 61 and kind of says hey to people as they come in he doesn't well he can talk apparently again he does have the ability to talk although um i couldn't tell if he does it regularly or not Mm -hmm. i haven't noticed it myself but he did receive a fresh paint job so he his beard is once again um, a darker brown black color A new paddle was purchased, and the owners of the Earthwood Inn even put a canoe, another birch bark canoe at his feet, so that visitors can once again enjoy photo ops like they did in the 60s and 70s. So if you kind of, let's see, bigger picture of like where he is now. There he is. Yep. So there's the birch bark canoe sitting at his feet. That's really beautiful, actually. Yep. And you know what's funny is I've been meaning to go up and say hi to him. I was Mm -hmm. a fan on Facebook. I was living, um, I think, in California when all this happened. I was like, don't don't destroy Pierre, like find him a new home. I was following the whole saga and I was very happy he got his new home. But I hadn't noticed the birch bark canoe until I did this article and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I need to go there and like plot Look my kids in there. Yeah. So he has not, however, been without incident since moving to his new home. In fact, in March of 2017, Pierre's arm, the one that holds the paddle, was injured and broke off in a windstorm. Oof. And the question became... How the heck do you replace, like, it was hard enough, I think, to replace the paddle, but how do you replace a whole arm? Mm -hmm. So for a while, his arm sat in a sling and his paddle sat at the ground by his feet. Luckily, the folks at Earthwood Inn were able to find a statue doctor to repair him. And in June of 2017, the Electroforge Custom Welding and Marine Fabrication Company came through with a new arm for Pierre. He once again stood tall and proud with a paddle in his now repaired arm. So, all in all, Pierre doing quite well. His <laughs> eyes actually can grow red again, but I think it was kind of freaking weird. Out. I did not like it. Yeah. I think, were they blue at one point too? I don't know. I, I think they had stopped working when we were kids. Yeah. So, it was very, sh- it's interesting to hear that it was the original design, but I thought it was weird. Yes. I mean, he's just standing there and you're driving in at night and there's these red, red glowing eyes. eyes staring at you. I, I have also heard that his head could move again. Mm. So he seems to have been repaired. Pierre's, um, but he doesn't talk very often. Okay. And even Pierre's Facebook page is mostly silent these days. There has not been a new post made since September of 2017. Mm. Perhaps, I, my theory is, because Pierre is once again satisfied with his lot in life. He's not going to be destroyed. <laughs> and he's just too busy standing on the corner of Highway 61 saying hello to everybody who passes. And so that is the story of Pierre, the pantsless voyager of Two Harbors, who is truly not wearing any pants. And actually, when I was writing down the description of his outfit, I'm like, thigh-high like leather boots and a tunic-style top. Mm-hmm. Pierre's, Pierre's got some like 
mid nineties teenage girl things going on for us. This is great. (laughs) So that's, that's Pierre and he's there. You can go see him just um, park by the Earthwood Inn. You can go hop in the canoe, take a picture and you know, the information and the museum and all that stuff is gone, but he's still there and looks like he's standing on a wooden platform that's now Mm -hmm. surrounded by rocks. And I think Pierre's is there to stay. They've definitely put a lot of work and effort into reviving him and making him kind of that, that centerpiece again. But yeah, I remember as a kid, for a long time, he was just this weird, sad statue in the parking lot next to Subway. I always loved him. I did too, but it was just, he seemed bizarre to me. Like he, yeah. like he didn't fit where he was. Yeah. It was just, you know, because the Voyager Motel is still there. Half of it is still mm-hmm. there anyway, not the part they tore down, but the, the other half is still there next to the O'Reilly Auto Parts store. Yeah, Very like- basic motel that had this kind of cool roadside attraction for a while. But again, that's that's the like 60s and that's the mm-hmm. 70s. Oh, I love it. I know. I also think it's super interesting that it went up a year after the Neptune statue went up. I'm oh, sure there yeah. was a lot of like, oh, competition. What's bringing, or like, what, look at how many people are coming just to see this. Why don't we add it to our business? That makes perfect sense. And you know, again, Stanley Nelson was the guy that was like, I've got this idea. And mm-hmm. he he had a love for Voyager, so he wanted to create a Voyager museum. And That's really cool. I like that part. Pierre just in the front. I also don't know if he named Pierre Pierre or how Pierre got his name. I don't know the mm. timeline of that. I couldn't figure that out. But I do know, I believe Pierre the Pantsless Voyager of Two Harbors was made popular, like that, that name, after the Facebook page came I out. I bet, yeah. So, and I loved that Facebook page. So I kind of hope whoever... You know, basically whoever ran it, ran it until he was safely saved. in a new home. He was saved. So it was a, it was an effort on his part to, or her part, I don't, I don't know who it was, but to preserve this statue that I'm sure, especially if you're from Two Harbors, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. sure they feel the same way about Pierre that we feel about Rocky. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the possessiveness of it like yeah. that. I want to protect this. Like if anybody ever threatened to take away Rocky. Oof, no. Yeah. Not happening. I mean, if anything ever happened to him, like if he burned down, we'd be rebuilding that statue. Oh, I'm totally. sure pretty fast. <laughs> Same thing with, with Pierre, you know, they fought long and hard to save him. And then even after his arm fell off, they fought, you know, to find someone to give him his arm back. And so there is um, sometimes in um, Easter, he holds a Easter basket. I don't know if you ever noticed that. I have not, but I will look. So I hope they bring that back because I think it's fun and it's just kind of a cute way to come into the northern part of the North Shore. Oh, fun. Yeah. So that has been our history lesson today on statues of the North Shore. Again, two that you can see, Rocky and Pierre, are still there. They Mm -hmm. love taking selfies. So swing on by and take those pictures. (laughs) Uh, the King of Neptune is now gone, no longer in Canal Park, not replaced with any statues in Canal Park, although Duluth does have a couple of other statues. Maybe we'll do a uh, a lesser statues of the North Shore episode yeah. some point in the future. And include the rooster from yes. the Yes, that was another, uh, it was, I was actually telling um, a friend about this episode, like, oh yeah, I learned a lot about these cool statues. And he was like, well, are you going to talk about the rooster? And the rooster actually has a very interesting story himself, from what mm-hmm. I understand. Um, not having looked much into it yet. But part two, part two. Part two. So yeah. we will do a part two at some point in the future. This is really an episode that I am having to toss in here because our original plan to go snowshoeing was thwarted by Martha having to go out of town. So thank you, Abby, for Ooh, coming Thanks for in. asking. This is awesome. And for looking at these 
upshot pictures of Pierre. He yeah. is not anatomically correct, in case you were curious. Yeah, so bring your kids. Bring that. your kids. It's okay. You know, you are standing below a very large pantsless man, but mm-hmm. it's all right. It's just fine. No. <laughs> it's PG. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little PG-13, but mostly PG. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so... Check out the website, exploringthenorthshore.com. I will be getting a fan club page up for both Rocky and Pierre. Maybe an article on the King of Neptune. See Mm -hmm. if there's any interest really going around about rebuilding him. Because he was really cool. Really cool. And if you can remember seeing him as a kid and can remember if he's standing on a turtle, Mm -hmm. we're very curious. Because it does appear that he is. And I would love to hear more or see more pictures. So I'll make sure that's all available on the website. But... That's it for today. So, thank you, Abby. Ooh, thank you. And this has been Exploring the North Shore with Abby and Jay. <laughs>